0: Hello, I'm Jim Drury, and you're listening to Fistful of Cords. This is part two of my interview with Wilco Johnson. Last time, we spoke about Wilco's fractious departure from Dr Feelgood. We pick up again in 1994 with the death of Feelgood singer Lee Brillo. What was it like when you heard that Lee had died? Did you know that was coming?
1: And oh, I tell you what, it was weird. Um, it must have been a year or so before that. My band we we, we we go to Japan more or less every year actually I think we've been there about thirty times i think oh, big in japan and uh anyway what, what that year that we were doing it on our tour of japan and the the, the promoters had got the field goods were in japan and they they Got them as our support band, right? <laughs> you know, that. it was pretty good actually, because 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 uh, they did all right as, as uh, opening the show, but it came with pissed all over them, you know, and we and got <laughs> so it was pretty good. But I did realise then that, I, that something was wrong with Lee. Um, we Did didn't you speak talk. To him? No, so. we didn't. Now the Japanese, right, inscrutable as ever. They, they, they had kind of picked up that, you know, we, that uh, we weren't the best buddies. And the man, the links. They, they, they booked. They, they booked us. In, they put us in different hotels. <laughs> They've arranged the sound checks so that the, 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 the two bands would never. <laughs> it was, of course it wouldn't have mattered at all. But uh so anyway, I didn't actually speak to me then. In fact I can remember, I think after the bust up I I think it might have been twice, three times. We'd accidentally encounter in a in a record company or something and it was it was all like, right, how are you going? just standing looking at your shoes, you know. Anyway, I, I so I I knew there was Something wrong with Lee, and then, um, then we started hearing uh, that, it, that it was cancer, and that's right, my brother. He, he came down to Southend, and he went to see Lee. Lee was a, a very ill brother, I think, and um, he he asked him, if, you know. If the, did He want to see because I said I don't know. You know, he asked Lee if he wanted to see me, so and he said yes. So I said okay, I, I will go and see him. Um, the the, the field goods are going to have to send a, someone round to get me because I didn't even know where he lived, you know. So, so if someone c- could come and take me there, before that could be arranged, he uh, he died. Um,
0: do you have any signs of regret that you never had a reproach more at all
1: there was a couple of occasions when it nearly could have happened right? I'm talking about just after the bust up had happened and then during that year sometime during that year you kind of get you'd hear messages or or whatever and anyway, I was, I was in town one time and, and uh, this friend of mine come up and he said, he said yeah, that's who I've been talking to. And I said, what? He said, Lee. And he said, I, I was, uh, it met him down the ship or something, or something and uh, they were having the drinks and uh, he was, he... Said that he 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 sensed that, that 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 it would yes they would go for it. it, you know. I think it might have even been down as actually arranging that I'll go and meet him in the ship in Wardour Street. Uh, this meeting, and then anyway, I, I met this girl, and uh, <laughs> I didn't get up for a couple of days. So, uh, uh, yeah, nothing kind. but, uh, I mean, I was hot for that, after, you know, this, but I'm, man, people, people, answer the phone, it's, uh, hi, this is somebody at CBS in New York, I'm, New York, Will Cole, just to tell you, we love you, (laughs) you know, getting stuff like that, right? Um, but anyway, but so, but, but what I did was I didn't plan anything. I didn't. I couldn't organise anything. I ended up with the first bunch of idiots that, and and uh, anyway, it all came to grief. And the one album for Virgin, and and um, I mean, <laughs> so it was Vic Mayle, the, the producer. He, he produced Phil's uh, first album when. Uh, uh, when I've put this band together, I mean, it just, just shortly after the bus start, right? And I'm still with United Artists. And uh, I, told, I told them at United, I, I said, well, look, I've got this band. And and so they said, go uh, and make some demos. And I went in and it was uh, Vic Mayle, the producer, we were, we were working in there, in this uh, studio.
0: Solid senders.
1: Yes. At one point, at one point they they'd all buggered off for a drink or something, and I, was, and I was sitting with Vic, and he said to me, listen, I don't think this is the right band for you. I don't think this is the right band. I went, what, what do you mean, what do you mean? You know, I thought it was great, you know, and he's, he's, going, he's going, no, no. He said to me, listen you could take a year off and f- f- to find exactly the right thing because you're going to, you know, like to follow something to, I mean, like Dr. Feelgood you know he wasn't the sort of guy to sort of say a thing like to someone, but he, he said he said it and I, I could see that he really cared about me, and he, I remember him saying this thing about you could take a year off and I was going, I'll no, no, take a year off I said, I'll i be forgotten you know, I've got to get out on the road. I got to, and uh, so didn't listen to Vic and just did a, Drove that into the ground. And then, of and, course, uh, you were,
0: you you then worked with you joined in during the blockhead.
1: Well, well, it was like I I did this one album for Virgin, right? It didn't. It, God, man, spending so much money. <laughs> you know. I mean, making the album at the the manor, you know, virgins, that ain't cheap. (laughs) Yeah, all right, you've got Irish wolfhounds by the open fireplace and and, and four poster beds and, and, and Richard Branson coming in and smiling at you all the time, right? But like I say, it ain't cheap. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I should, I, I should have made, I should have, I could have a lot of money come then. I should have just stuck it in the fucking building society, and you know, but no, I didn't. And uh, and then so there, there, and there I was, and I didn't have a, a record deal, and, and you know, time had moved on. When I got the, the, my the, what is my band? But you know, I was playing with uh, Norman. And uh, yep. and I just and then I just thought, oh, man, this is you know like well I've ended up you know it's a pretty good scene.
0: I mean, your relationship with Norman that goes back you know forty years or so. Did that
1: did that really come from joining here during the blockades first? Absolutely. Well, I mean, when Ian asked me did you join, one of the, one of the first things that sprung into my mind was. I didn't know Norman then. I hadn't met him. Just knew Ian. And Ian he said, he asked if I did, did I, did I want to come down, they were in the studio at the meeting, did I want to come down and make a, make a single with them, with them backing me, right? And the first thing I thought was, I want to play that fucking bass player. <laughs> yeah. And I went, oh yeah. You know, and, and because I, I can remember the first time I ever saw Norman playing was, uh, uh, watching telly one night, and there was a, a live uh, a live show on from Belfast, I think, of the, uh, Ian and the Blockheads, and I mean it's Norman. I mean, the next day, I'm going, like, "Did you see him? Did you see that bloody bass player?" And the, so, I mean, I was an absolute raving fan, you know. And then, and and also Charlie Charles, the drummer. And, and and I thought, man, you know, I'll be in that rhythm section. I'm a rhythm guitarist, you know, and, I'll be, and I'll, so that was the thing. And then going down there and, and, and discovering that Norman is—he's such a nice bloke. He truly is. He's like—he's, I don't know, he's got joy in his heart or something. But he's—he's. He's, Yes, and and, and so uh, the, Ian, in fact, after Ian asked me to join the blockage permanently, and by then we, I, I suppose Norman and I actually became chums, and uh, yeah. and uh, that record you
0: made, the Laughter album with
1: Ian, mm. that must have been a, a very strange way of making a record. For you because it was full of overdubs and all sorts of people coming, in yes. I, I, I mean, that, I I think that that album was uh, the same, was, right? I think one of the reasons that Ian had uh, asked me in was because Ch- Chaz Jankler had left, that's right, and obviously that, I, uh, that would fill a hole. Somebody was a bit of a name and and whatever. And uh, I Chaz uh, apparently used to. The Morris produced the stuff, right? and yes. and, and, yeah. uh, and uh, anyway, he was gone. And what was happening? They were down in the studio uh, with uh, the, the the sound there. There's uh, sound guy at, at the desk, and they and they were they were doing this album, right? But they, there wasn't a producer, and. I mean, because you know, I'm new boy, I go, you know, I'm not, I don't say nothing. You know, I just, I, go, I just go in and do what I'm told. But the thing was, though, they, they were doing the things, uh, not the way I like it. Right? They had, they had everything like everything with with, uh, with bloody. Head. I hate playing with headphones. It's crap because it goes through. It goes out to some bloke at a desk, and these. If you hear the natural sound, you can play properly. They've got everything um uh screamed right like charlie charles was, was in the was in his dumb kit was in like this in, inside this bunker made up of blankets <laughs> and mattresses and, and 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 uh i mean you could you, you probably could, you couldn't hear someone unless you had headphones on'cause it was it was all it was all like that oh how do you get a feel like that with some with some tit of a sound guy you know you know you yeah, I didn't say nothing but it was like they were having a lot of a lot of trouble and it took a long time to do and, um, and of course they brought in
0: your um, you I mean you you uh, co-wrote Superman's Big Sister yeah. which was this sort of R&B number
1: that ended up being completely different still a good song yeah well, well it was funny like because what the scene there was the, the Chaz because Chaz had gone so uh, Ian needed a co-writer. Ian just used to write lyrics, right? And that was another because he would, he would write a lyric as if it was a poem or something, without you know. And eventually, but, but the, 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 Ian said to me, "Listen, i got there's a couple of songs. I've, you know, will, will you will you come round and, and... you've got these two lyrics? That's the lyrics." He should come, and come round and... So I thought, oh, yeah, right, i would have a, have a go at writing. And, uh, like I say, what well, you got... To me, the, the difficult thing I want to write is actually lyrics, right? And, uh, anyway... So I've got this scene, Ian, Ian goes... Like, I've got these songs, and he, he handed me him these two sheets of paper with, with these two, two lyrics on, these, these songs. Right? And, like I say... And I just read through them, and I, I'd, I'd written the song, bam, like that, right? And yeah, yeah, I see, you know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I was too embarrassed to say, yeah, yeah, right. I have got the song. I mean, I literally, as so I read it, I, I heard it. And I said, well, I, I'll tell you what, I'll, 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 I'll take this home and, and uh, see if I can come up with something tomorrow. But you know, so and I, and I went in with these two songs. So I actually written like that. <laughs> but but it was, it was chaos making that album.
0: And so, I mean, what was Ian like to work with? He it wasn't the easiest of uh, people to
1: work with. No, Ian, Ian could be... Yes, he could be difficult. If he'd had a drink too many, which was usually one... <laughs> <laughs> He could be a, a, a devil. I mean, like really, I, I, I have never met, i never met anyone, so who could could be so rude and offensive uh, uh, ever? I mean, he, he, you know, like I say, and I. Oh, I mean, the thing he he would he would like to get, he would like to get a reaction. I mean, so the blockheads, right, he'd pick on the ones, you know, the, 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 he'd start on them or something, and go go are almost reducing people to tears, you know, or some uh, wretched roadie or, some, or something. And, and there were a lot of these things, like issues, that were, I, I had nothing to do with me, you know, it was all from before. And uh, there's something the the, you know, the blockheads got used to. But Ian was, of course, he... he, he a wonderful person. He was, you know, he was everything you think. He was funny, and but he uh, he did have this dark side, right? And he he could he would really he would do this thing, but he would really really want to upset somebody. And I used to I used to think it was because he could never really believe in himself that somebody just liked him. You know what I mean? He just... So he would, like, he would, like... I'm sure he used to push people, say, look, how offensive, you're still my mate, you know, like, I would call you... You know, and... And there was, there was dark stuff. Now, for instance, and I mean, the first time I went round to his... place, after I joined a band, and we were talking, you know, telling each other our stories and that, and he told me how... You know, he got polio when he was about ten, I think it was right. So he was, he was, and he had to go to school somewhere, and oh, quite horrendous, I think. Anyway, he's he had his leg in a caliper, you know, when he was like ten years old. So he's like a cripple. He Used to call himself the Raspberry, you know. <laughs> but then he he started telling him, he used to say, when, so when he was a little boy, and he's walking along. With this leg iron and everything, he said, it, and, and people used, people would stare at him in the street, you know. And he, how horrendous! Imagine for a little kid. And he told me that now he'd become famous. He walks down the street and people are staring at him, not not because he's crippled, but because he's jury. But he said it's still it's still upsetting. You know, he's walking down the street, and people are going, "Oh, well, it's the enduring," and he just want to get out of the way because clearly the thing of people, you know, that's terrible. There's no point in was. He could be a, he could be a right bastard. He, he could be so offensive, <laughs> you know. But he was a one-off, and 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 he's he's written things that have entered the language, you know, sets right. and yeah, jugs sex and, sex rock and rock and roll, reasons to be cheerful. You know, these are part of the English language now.
0: After Wilco's spell in the blockheads, he forced a successful solo career with a heavy touring schedule. New recordings were few and far between until 2014, when his album with Roger Daltrey, Going Back Home, became a huge hit. So you've written with, a, um, worked with a few people who, would be classified as "quote difficult." <laughs> uh, in recent years, you've made an album with Roger Daltrey, yeah, who has a reputation of being somewhat difficult, but probably you don't find, you wouldn't find that.
1: When I had my whatever that band was called then, was it the seventies? I think it might have been fucking. Hell. <laughs> anyway, I just, uh, I just, girlfriend. Uh, lived down in the country down near uh, Hastings and in that there were a few there were a few rock and roll people that were living around there uh, John Martin and uh, anyway Roger Roger's place is nearby and uh she she knew Roger I I I think I shook hands with him once in Los Angeles but I didn't know him at all and anyway at this time, I was uh, R- R- Roger. Roger was into photography, right? And he, he, she was going. He was taking pictures. Oh, God good as well, actually. Anyway, he was taking pictures of this bird, and and uh, it, she would always come back and say, "Oh, Roger says, do you want to come over and go in the trout in his trout?" And I used to, I would. I would I didn't, anyway, I didn't go, so I, I, I never met him all that time. Although I was sort of one step away from him before, before cancer and everything in the, in the old I I had met Roger at um, an awards ceremony one of these things somewhere, and uh, and we had been talking, and uh, and suddenly he said to me, he said, "I'll tell you what," he said, well, "we should we should do an album together." And I went, oh, well, yeah. And, and uh, I, I I said, oh, yeah, I said, well, yeah, well, yeah let's do some... Uh, and I was, I was thinking of um, getting, getting, like... I mean, it's just so much great, uh, it's like, 60s soul and R&B music from the States, you know, that, you know, uh, I mean, you don't have to do Midnight Hour. There are millions of songs, you know. And, and I thought, oh, wow, yes, you know, do, do some proper a tasty you know but anyway in the end nothing came to this scheme it just kind of got left behind and then the, uh, the then a couple of years later i'd, I'd got the cancer roger so ro- roger roger had said L- let's do it so i said yeah great so i thought right we're gonna do this i'm gonna instead of doing soul classics or whatever i thought I- I- i'm gonna die so, you know, this could be my final statement, which would be great to have, to have, to make an album with Roger Daltrey doing my songs, <laughs> you know. So I thought, you know, okay, that would will be my my farewell, and uh, and so we arranged to do it, and it was, I think Roger, a very busy man actually, and anyway, but we we had actually ten days, so we had to do it in ten days. I thought that when we went down to do it I thought uh, uh, what it what, was what going to be is like a, just a good old rock and roll bash just you know yeah. and uh, but then we started doing it and Dave Erringer the producer oh, fucking it's good right and he's he was he was I'm thinking blimey you know this is this sounds good and and, uh, and, and we worked on it and, and within 10 days we would made this album, and of course, this this was exactly the time when I was due to die, and uh, it was God, man, it was like, <laughs> Can you imagine the thing. Sometimes I'd step outside into the night again, you know, and stand there thinking, oh, "Come on, it's like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna die." I, you know, I was sort of that's a bit of a piss off, but I thought I thought, "Look at this man, I'm, I'm in this place. With Roger Daltrey, doing real versions of my songs, and and it was like, I don't know, it was just, it was just, wow. So we'd done that. We, we we made this record, and I, I, I can remember actually that when um, we decided to do it, and I'd, I had I um, had. I think I think the record company, first of all, were like thinking it was it was like oh this is just some little trip Rogers doing. They weren't, uh, and 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 Rogers' manager didn't he didn't know me then. I don't think any anyway. Then we did the thing, and it and, and we realised it was really good. We released it, and. I think, in, in fact, I think in the first week that, that that the first thing they had to put it out, and they actually the record company actually ran out of records, That's to press up because you know, the, and uh, and it was selling and selling. And then I think Chris Evans played a track twice in succession on his show, and this was my big thing. I was thinking, he's oh, you know, played this, played this number twice, <laughs> and uh, and suddenly, and suddenly, it's. Um, in fact, it was the second best selling record that year I think only I think just George Michael did it or something and uh, and of course it's me I'm, I've come to the end of my time right and I'm, I'm I'm due to die and and I'm walking on I'm thinking the record's gone back. it's gone to number two in the charts <laughs> and I'm walking around, I'm thinking fuck i think look I'm just this little big it's the biggest freckle full of my songs. It's it's Charles and all that. Now I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it it was just just crazy and 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 then of course the, you know, that was that was only chapter one really, but but it was also a good thing because you think, "Wow, well, it's going to work." You know, i have got to die, but what a great way to go out, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's what Rosalita did for me, you know. Yeah.
0: And I know he's a, then,
1: he's a bit of a lad, but <laughs> but uh, yes. And of course, you you
0: may you may you blow your mind, and uh, you've got.
1: Possibly the best rhythm section in the country. I mean, you really have got... Oh! Reason. I mean, it, Dylan, Howard, Norman, what, right? I mean, it's... I can't tell you what it's like. I mean, I mean, especially... That, because we're all ex-blockheads now. Me, Norman and Dylan. I mean, Dylan, man. What a drummer. What, you know, so I've got... You know, I, I kind of... Uh, I'm thinking, well, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they, go, you know, they, they have their five minutes and then they end up doing um, Batley variety and playing their old, you know. But I, I've got a proper band, you know. I go around playing the band. And what's more, <laughs> let me show you this band. And it's like, I mean, I, wa- I, wa- I just walk on and walk on stage and it's great because, I mean, Norman, Norman is so popular and you start and I mean it's such a kick playing with Norman it just feels real good and, and uh, yeah so lucky lucky lucky
0: so how long will you go on playing?
1: well you actually I've been thinking about this because I, I can't see how they're going to um, get past this coronavirus thing as I said I'm under special restrictions right so the thing is I can't I can't catch this Right, even if they reduce it right down, and still there's only one person, you, you know. So it's not. It's, but but I'm. A, I, I, it's not like they can get it right down, and then if I get it, I just get a little sniffle. No, I don't. I get the full lungs full of phlegm, you know. And and uh, I don't know what I'm saying is. I mean, how long is this going to go on? It, we don't know. And how, how long is it going to be before they say people people can do gigs? And if they do say you're allowed to do gigs, who's gonna wanna go? Do I wanna go? <laughs> you know, I'll go up on that stage, I might literally catch my death. You know, so no no, let's all we're hoping for something better than that, but obviously, you know <laughs> I think I've done enough now to prove I will keep going till I drop. <laughs>
0: we did mention briefly which I, which I should mention uh, is uh, you know your wife, your beloved wife Irene yeah so, uh, how, how much do you still miss her Wilker?
1: because I know she was a huge part of your life um, every minute I mean now I mean it's, it's been um, 15 years now I think and yes I suppose it's possible for me to go through half an hour sometimes, maybe. No, I don't think of her. But, I mean, uh, as she died, she was in my mind, literally, all the time. You know, all the the time, all the time. And uh, she... (laughs) Mm. Yeah, absolutely, I just just... Oh, man. Do you, um, <laughs> That's
0: okay. No, no, well, I'll we'll move on. Um, actually, I read something very funny. The, recently, I was looking through the uh, Guardian letters page and I saw a, a letter from somebody called Wilco Johnson from Westlip O's on C it, sea.
1: Yes. It was, it was just before the shit at the fan. I mean, it was just... Somebody Somebody wanted to borrow an amplifier from me to play. They were going to play at the Railway Hotel in South End. And uh, so I'd uh, go with my mate to d- we'd taken this amp down to the railway. and now, now it was kind of um, what well, sort of early evening, I oh, was six o'clock or something, right? So there's just a few people, and p- people are dribbling in, right? And of course the scene is there, you know. People are going, so just sort of people coming up, and people. <laughs> hey, shaking! I'm going no, nah, no, nah. And I'm I'm, I'm too... sort <laughs> of because the message hadn't quite got through then I don't think people going, what, what what's up people go no it's just like the flu in it you know and I'm going no don't touch me and um, so I, I've been through a, a, a few um, uh, experience of this you know people who people come in and I've been kind of <laughs> retreating from them and 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 then it it absolutely dawned on me the Japanese man you think of it—the the bow. You can do a bow at two meters distance, and it's yes. still—and it's still—it's still more sincere than a handshake. It's a bow. Uh, I mean, a bow is—it's—it's it's, it's such a, a graceful and and uh, respectful, and it's easy to do. It looks—it looks really good. I mean, you can't bow aggressively. You can—you know—you can shake hands really. Really viciously, you can do. Go on, try, try, try and try and bow aggressively. Can't be done, because you are abasing obey, yourself to, you know. It, so, so you know, and and uh, so I went round. I went round the park. I'm going. Listen, listen. What we got? To do, we've all got to start. We've all do, just, just just do that. And you know, and, and and I thought it was such a good idea. <laughs> I I'd better write to the garden about it. <laughs>
0: well that's been a bit fascinating all of this has been fascinating just want to thank you for doing this (laughs) brilliant
1: (laughs) it's good to have something to do
0: (laughs) (laughs) you've been listening to Fistful of Chords thanks to Wilco Simon Johnson Zoe Howe and Mark Taplin if you liked the song Blow Your Mind that featured in this podcast buy Wilco's brilliant album of the same name